I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, So that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there jmscomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response... Were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hey, idiots! Welcome back to Ignorance is Blessed, the podcast that attempts to overcome ignorance mostly by asking ignorant questions with me, Jessica Michelle Singleton. I'm a comedian, and I'm your host, and I'm an idiot, too, because uh, we're all idiots. You know, we we don't know anything. And I think that's the most we can know. So here I am every week, every week. Anyone who listens knows that that's not true because I haven't put one out in two weeks. 
uh, as much as I can get out to you guys uh, with ignorant questions for lots of different people so we can all learn together and, you know, discuss. I think uh, not enough time is invested in just conversations with people who we don't understand. And so that's what this is. So, uh, yeah, if you're new to the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Blessed Podcast. You can follow me at JMS Comedy on Twitter and Instagram or Facebook.com slash Jessica Michelle Singleton. Or you can go to JessicaMichelleSingleton.com to see what's up with me. You can contact me through there. If you're interested in sponsoring the podcast, you can contact me through any of those places or JMSingle at gmail.com. And we can talk about that. Yeah, you guys, I just did a whole intro uh, a second ago where I was recording and really rambling and talking about my ADHD and how my memory is terrible and uh, and I didn't even have the mic turned on. So that's pretty much how bad it is. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. Maybe it is. We'll see. Uh, let's get to this week's episode. It's uh, an awesome episode with Simi Arif, who is a comedian from South Africa. So I have been sitting on this interview for two weeks and haven't put it out yet uh you're gonna love him he's a wonderful human he's also muslim uh in addition to being from south africa so we talk about uh both of those things we talk about the muslim community in south africa i probably uh ask if i'm pronouncing things right 800 times and uh he talks about uh how it is being in a spotlight uh when you're not a conservative muslim and you know some of how, how people view that and uh and how apartheid affected his family and and their whole uh, family dynamic, their whole existence, I guess. Not I guess. You'll see. You guys, I don't need to tell you all the details. You're here. You're listening. You're wonderful. Enjoy this episode with Simi Araf. Hi! Welcome to Ignorance is Blessed. What's happening? What's happening? Uh, this is so exciting. <laughs> I was like, what'd you reach for? Yeah. You guys, I have an amazing guest. Uh, Wait, I'm not 100% sure I'm going to pronounce your name right. That's Simi? fine. Yeah, that's correct. Arif. Arif. Yeah. yeah. Man, boy, I'm have I been like mispronouncing everyone's name for long periods of time and then being like, is this right? Weeks <laughs> later. <laughs> it's okay. I called you Jennifer for at least a whole day before oh, I realized true. it wasn't it's even literally Jennifer. Literally everyone does. Yeah. Um, you guys, he's an amazing comedian in South Africa uh, as well as my last guest that you uh, have already heard if you've listened to the last episode, I guess. Uh what happened on the last episode? Well, it hasn't come out yet. Oh, okay. But by the time this comes out, yeah. it will have come out. Oh, okay. And it was Loiso. And we just oh, talked about being Madinga. a black man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I flew to Australia for yeah, one day. I found, I found Luis Agola. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was so mad that he was gone. I was like, what do you mean you're moving? Yeah. And I was like, oh, right when back. I come visit. Um, okay, so uh, you're a comedian. Yes. Also, you're Muslim? Muslim. Yes, I'm Muslim. Muslim. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm Okay. Are you a practicing Muslim? I do practice. So do you, okay. Do you pray five times a day? No, I don't. No. no. So you like... No, I've, I feel like this... You can you can be a practicing Muslim and not follow rituals. Okay, so it's you like know? you believe the things, but not necessarily all of the... Yeah. You know, so like, do all the... Or the uh, I don't want to say old school. No, it's like literally the ritual stuff. Like I don't... I, I won't lie to people. So I, I go to mosque five times a day. I don't. I'd be lucky if I go once a day. Do you ever pretend you're going to mosque to get out many of something? Many times. <laughs> like, I can't. I'm at mosque. <laughs> like, I would love to, but... Many, many times. It's because you realize, like, I know it sounds bad, but you realize at some point that uh, people's Fridays, life continues, eh? It's like, life really continues. Yeah. So, like, when someone has a meeting at, like, 1 o'clock on a Friday and it's really important, it's tough to just go, like, hey, guys, can you give me, like, a 30-minute break? Yeah. I'm going to mosque and coming back. And because of Joburg, it's never 30 minutes. Oh, yeah, because yeah. it's like you got to get all the way over there. Yeah, Traffic's you have terrible. to find a mosque in your area. There's always traffic. You must understand, we drive to a lot of places. So it's not like oh. a public transport type of vibe. So, like, you've just, like, the mosque I go to, it takes me a good 20 minutes to leave after I'm done. Oh, so it must yeah. be hard to, like, find a job and be consistent with that. Like well, no, what did I, you see, you see, Muslims have been, we've been bucking the system for years. I'm not okay. even, so, like, <laughs> if you notice, like, I remember when I used to work, a lot of the people used to get upset with Muslims on Fridays, because we'd go to mosques, it's like yeah. our main day. Yeah. It's like, so, like, Friday's like the equivalent of, like, uh, Christian Sundays. Sunday, okay. That's because, like, our God wants to give us, like, the weekend off. It's like, yo, you do your thing on Friday. Oh, man, that's here. dope. You know, <laughs> so, but, like, I know guys that are leave for mosque on a Friday at, like, quarter to one. Yeah. 
and not come back to work. Be like, yeah, just it's like, yeah, stuck a mask. It's stuck a mask. Gotta go. Yeah, gotta I go. It's nuts. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not practicing in that sense. I'm not. I don't go five times a day. But I believe in it. It's my religion. Yeah. And do you just pray on your own? Yeah. Is that a thing? Is that a thing Muslims yeah. do? Yeah, you can pray by yourself. Okay. Yeah. So it's the one of the few religions where you don't need. There's no middleman. There's yeah. No, like uh, so you like Catholicism, Catholicism. I never understood. You have to go it's like this mafia. Like yeah. Like, no, you talk to me. I'll talk to God. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like this yeah, weird, yeah. Oh. There's none of that. So that's why, like, and it's great when you spot, like, people in Islam that try to do that. Then you're just like, yo, dog, we don't need you. Yeah, that's so... Bye. People try to do that? Yeah, lots like, of guys. Be like, lots I'm the guys. person you can confess your sins yeah, to? Yeah, lots of guys. I grew up in like, Durban, No, you're right? just nosy. Yeah, yeah, wait. Yeah, I grew up in Durban, right? And Durban has a lot more... Because Durban was the place where Indians arrived... Okay. from India um, to cut sugarcane. They were indentured laborers. That's basically. why they came? Yeah. Were they brought here? Yeah. Okay. Colonialism, baby. It's real. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No. So, so it's very weird because uh, I grew up in Durban and my mother's Malay. My dad is Arab. Like my dad's family hail from Iraq and Iran. Are you considered colored? No. I'm considered Indian. Oh. Was that like a choice that you got to make? No. That's how the part of the government figured it out. They'd you must understand that because of a part that you couldn't just make your own things, you of know. So, yeah, someone was making decisions for you all the time. So, like people would have names like uh, my granny's real name was Khadija, right? Yeah. It's a proper, proper. It's like an Arab name, Khadija. Yes. One of the prophet's wives' names. They called her Gladys, not because her <laughs> name was. They they just couldn't Gladys. write it down. They're just like, yo, your name is Gladys. You're Gladys now. Yeah. So that's how that's it is. So name. they'd be like, you're in Durban. You're not black. You're not. You're definitely not white. Uh, you're not colored or Indian. Oh, we use colored differently. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I explained it on the yeah. last podcast. Okay. So if you're not listening, yeah. colored yeah. is sort of a specific type of mixed. Yeah, it's a mixture. It's a it's a mix of races. Yeah. What about? Yeah. I, is it Malay different than colored? Uh, no. You can uh, Malays are considered colored. Colored. Okay, because yeah. that's what we said on the last podcast. Yeah. So I was yeah. just Fact checking, Luiso. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> great guy to ask. So uh, wait, your mother was considered colored then. Yeah, my mother. And then your dad was considered Indian. Very Indian. Did they just like? Oh yeah, you just said from yeah. India. Yeah. So, but like, like I said, uh, like I've said, it's just like my family, but people around them. We didn't, we didn't necessarily come as indentured laborers. So we had two different types of Indian oh. people coming. You see, elitists. Yeah. No, that's exactly because you know India is based on a whole caste system. Yeah. So it's like, oh yeah. My surname is an Arab surname. So for me to come via India, my Arab forefathers had to get to India set up a business over there and said, hey guys, there's new land and stuff in this place called South Africa. Oh, we can wow. set up another business there. And that's how we arrived there. But yeah, for years, people have considered me Indian. But like, I understand the whole culture of being Indian because it's the only people they allowed me to play with because they'd be like, you're an Indian person. Yeah, so you hung out with like other like legitimately Indian people. Yeah, like legitimately Indian people. Because if, if you go back in your family, are you even Indian at all? Nah. Because I mean, maybe one generation. Were they just generation. like any type of Middle Eastern person? They're like, Indian. Yeah. Okay. You've, that's exactly it. There's no difference. Wow, we're just, just like America. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel like you guys, like, we, you guys had a bit you, more rights than us. You wanted them Arabs or whatever yeah. rednecks say, uh, and they can't distinguish. Are rednecks like a real thing? I mean, I always thought they were myths. I think they're uh, exaggerated. Mm. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of people who are just like Southern and or Midwestern and just yeah. a little ignorant but not hateful. Yeah. But you do meet people that you are like. You are astonishingly dumb, sir. <laughs> I've got like this fear. Like if I if I go over to America, right? Yeah. Will I be insulted on a daily basis, or is it just places I shouldn't go to prevent me being insulted on a daily basis? The thing is, it's hard for me to say specifically because I'm a white woman. So it's like, what do I really know other than what I've heard a lot. from my friends? <laughs> yeah. All the wisdom. Um, I think for the most part, if you're in big cities, yeah. you're fine because those yeah. are melting pots. People are used to people. Yeah. I w- the only places I would be wary is if you're going to like smaller towns in the south. Yeah. And that's not to say you'd get made fun of every day. I just think like the door is definitely more open for yeah. like Midwest or small anywhere where it's like majority white people where they just don't see yeah. a lot okay. of people of different races. And it may not even necessarily be it's it's not like everyone in America is walking around like we got to kill these Muslims. But like you do get these super right wing people who are like scared i don't know yeah. if they're like we got to kill these but they're like they legitimately watch fox, fox news which has super muslim propaganda so they're like yeah. and like i i hate even being sympathetic to them because it's such a level of ignorance that is astonishing but it, i always have to take a moment and go like in their defense like if they're not or only if you know people aren't 
hurting anyone. It's like they're legitimately scared, which like it's because they're watching garbage propaganda. Yeah, exactly. And no one has told them like, hey, this isn't the real news. Bro, like I get scared. I'm like, I'm not even of Muslims. Yeah, sometimes yeah? I'm like I get like I ha- I get scared for like different reasons entirely. It's like like they're scared. They're scared of terrorist attacks. I'm just like the Muslim community in like South Africa are just gossipy motherfuckers. You're just afraid of people finding out your business? <laughs> yeah. This is like, oh, Muslim uh, problems. Oh, Muslim my, my problems. Actually, on my podcast, I actually had a whole segment called Muzzy Problems. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's it amazing. It was one of them. It was one of those. Like, like I, there's a place over here called Rosebank, which is a mall. Okay. On a Friday and Ooh, Saturday. Is, there's there are enough Muslims over there to scare me into not going to Rosebank at Your, all. What? Uh, there are so many. Like, I'll walk out. I went with my friend. And he's a photographer. Yeah. And we literally, every two minutes, another Muslim person was either looking at us or saying my name like I was Voldemort. Like, just at their, you must not be named. It's semi Really? Oh, or they are, like, uh, traditionally dressed Muslims? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah, yeah. So do, do yeah. You, does the Muslim community kind of know who you are? Yeah, and are like, yeah, yeah. I'm not the most liked. Are they? Yeah. But, but I assume that there's, like, some of the community that does enjoy you? Or oh, like, yeah, those, all the youngsters. All the yeah, youngsters. but it's do just, you go against, like, traditional values by... Well, doing certain things. No, it's just like I don't. Uh, I don't agree with some of their views and stuff. That's yeah. only because I've grown up and I use I use the word liberal very liberally. I'm like <laughs> because whenever someone says liberal, they go, "Ooh, someone's edgy." No, it's just like I didn't grow up in like in this super conservative way. I've never practiced my religion in a yeah. conservative way either. Like my father and mother have always taught me to be a very open minded person, and I'm glad because when I speak on stage, at least that's the viewpoint that I come from. Yeah. Whereas other people come from like traditional homes with traditional values and have never thought to ask the question why. Which is so weird because the Quran itself says that you should always ask why. Huh. It does. So, yeah. So it's like, you must understand the Quran is not even a rule book. If you look at the Quran, the Quran is more a book of social justice. That's all that it is. It's not even like in a correct order. There's no like, hey, Muslims, you have to do this. I is mean, it like more of a story or... Yeah, if you think about the Old Testament, if you look at the Old Testament, yeah. you, it's kind of like the Quran. It's just so what like, everyone says, the same with the Torah, is that it's like, yeah, yeah, so it's, it's like, like everything but the Jesus stuff. Yeah, of. so it's all this like, it's only the human beings that come and enforce like some weird sense of law. So like, you, you've heard of Sharia law? Yeah. Yeah, Sharia law is man-made. It is not a, it's not a Quran-based law. They would love for it to be a Quranic-based law, but God didn't work like that. Yeah. I, was like, I always find it weird. It's like, if we have this guy called God, and he's so all-knowing and all-powerful, how come you fail to mention a lot of these things that you practice? Yeah. <laughs> like stoning of people. Which is insane. Oh, no. That's not a thing insane. that goes on or here. Or like murdering. Or like, you see, like, so when I look at something like ISIS, right? I don't even look at ISIS as something that is Muslim-based. I just think those are just bad people. Yeah. And that somehow figured out a way to jump on the bandwagon and add religion into it. Because religion is something that's connected to fundamentalism. Like, as much as you have the KKK, I don't think all Christians are crazy of like that. Of course. And it's like, that's so funny because I had a friend share a tweet about, like, you know, if, if we're not letting in any Muslims, should we stop? Yeah. And it was like a picture of the KKK. But, like, I mean, it's true. And people attach things to religion because it justifies their own if they can. Yeah, they've done it for centuries, though. Yeah. So it's, it's no different now. It's, like, oh, it's, it's, not, it's not about me. It's God. Yeah. It's like, uh, I don't. I think what kills them more now is that there's more people willing to engage because of things like social media. Like, the fact that I can engage with people via my phone is too yeah. crazy for something. That's why if you look at, the, like, <laughs> honest to God, with the downfall of Al-Qaeda is because they didn't have a digital marketing plan. Um, I tried to do a sketch, write a sketch, and Did I was like, we can never do this, about, like, the PR team for, like, ISIS and just, like, the idea yeah. that, like, half of the stuff <laughs> they're doing is Al-Qaeda. And they're like, no, that, that was us. Yeah. <laughs> like, I had one. I had one where I was just like, so, because ISIS, like, the new kids on the block, so, like, they're young and edgy. It's like, yo, guys, we are going on a digital marketing plan. Tech savvy. It's like, what are we going to do? It's like, okay, other than cutting people's heads off, yeah, I mean, it's great for video hits, but YouTube keep on removing our videos. I've got a plan. What's it? Illegally pirate Grey's Anatomy all seasons and put it on the internet for everybody to use. <laughs> we'll slowly take America one download at a time. Oh, you know, God. Just silly stuff like that. Oh. But, like, see, that stuff, like, I never consider them Muslims. Um, it's not my thing. Well, yeah, no, I, I feel like I'm not even Christian, but I yeah. guess I grew up in a Catholic house and I would pro- I would do the same with, like, extremists. It's like, you, they, it gives religion a bad oh, extreme, rap. Extremes are all, they're always there. I just feel extremists like. Extremists of anything is there's, like. There's pockets of South African Muslim communities that are courted to, like, ISIS. Like, about 18 months ago, maybe even two years, a couple of kids got caught about to join ISIS. What? Yeah, and from Cape Town. I'm like, bro, why would you do from Cape Town? You really live in such a beautiful place. Why would you I mean, throw that where, away? Where are you going to? There's no mountain in on the outposts of Syria. That's 
That's crazy. Yeah. So you find a lot of those things, but it's because of the, their teachings, the way they're brought up. And I was never brought up like that. Very, very open-minded family. It's like, there's not a thing like, I'm sure you've gathered my cynicism and skepticism of the world yes. in general. <laughs> <laughs> and that I'm most, I'm considered most of the time to be a very grumpy person, but that's because I'm so cynical and skeptical. Yeah, because well, you think about things. Yeah, I, it, there's nothing I They're willing like, to question. Yeah. I feel the same way. Is that So I hate that sometimes realism can also be painted as pessimism by people who like don't want to see things for what they are. Yeah. But they're I, like, you're negative, and you're like, no, I'm, I'm no, just I'm realistic. Just being, yeah, I'm literally realistic. It's, uh, I have... I feel, you know, it's jarring because I realized it. I was thinking about it today. I was like, South Africans are such hopeful individuals. Like, this yes. is just moving all religion and race aside. It's like, even when it comes down to race, we're like, yeah, guys, but I mean, like, we can still be friends. Can't yeah. we? It's like, we are so, we, we love this, like, pseudo, like, we're all friends type of vibe. And, like, yeah. I, I, like it's, it doesn't happen all over the world because the rest of the world, people are, like, very serious. Like, yes. I was speaking to a guy on Skype the other day from Canada, and I was just upset that you were so direct all the time. Like, there was no, like, friendly conversation. You're just like, so we're going to do this. Oh, wow. I was like, okay. That doesn't seem very Canadian. Yeah, you know. I, was, so I, I feel like, like that's, like, a racist thing for me to say. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't seem very Canadian because you're unfriendly. <laughs> but have you enjoyed your little South African safari? My little South African yeah. safari. It's been really fun. Yeah, I've met uh, lots of cool people, learning a lot of... Uh, Fun things. Did you I go to the apartheid museum in the end? I did. I just went uh, a couple days ago. Did you cry? Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. And I hate white people. So like, <laughs> yeah. Everybody I mean, cries when they go there. Yeah. Well, have you been? Yeah. Luisa was like, me and my friends won't go there because we don't want to hate white people. But it's well, it's just so sad to like. Oh, some of those photos too. It's I just think like, you know what makes it sadder for an outsider is that you guys have never experienced it. And I feel no. like I, I'm not old. Old in the sense that. Like, I was six when apartheid ended. Yeah, do you so, remember you know? anything? No, I just remember stories that my anything? parents had told me. Like, when uh, we were in Durban, they had different pools for the different colors. And okay. I was swimming in a white pool, and this police officer literally told my parents to move me. My dad's like, how do I tell a, a four-year-old not to swim over here because of the color of his skin, you know? Oh. You know? It's, it's, it's a sure thing. That's so sad. Yeah. So, like, oh. I don't remember it, but, like, you have these... Like, now I deal with racism in a totally different way. Like, now I feel every single time there's a moment for me to outer racist. I am... I am. Oh, you're ready? You're, like, hungry like, for gotta it. I've got to go. I've got to go. Do you like, do that a lot? Do you, oh, I feel like, do you find did, a lot like, of racism here? Two weeks here? ago, I was having the time of my life. Keep it close. No, keep it close. Oh, sorry. The time it's of my life. What, what, what happened was, is that um, <laughs> when you go to the malls and stuff in South Africa, there are these car wash guys. And what they do is that as you jump out of your car... They come to you with a big piece of paper offering all their different car washes and stuff oh, like yeah. that. And they're like, hey, what do you want? And Jenny just say, no, thank you, because I don't really wash my car at the mall. Yeah. As I parked my car, I noticed that no one had come to offer to wash my car. And oh, I'm now walking, you're like, this is racist. And then, no, there's something wrong. And oh. I saw this, this man. He's an African man. And he's being shouted by this white guy. <gasps> And the white guy's like, you harass me all the time. All you guys, it's not you personally, but all the time you guys harass me. You're just going to stop. If I wanted a car wash, I'll come up to you. I'll ask for a car wash. Oh, my and they're God. About the Go same back age. to America. They're about the, <laughs> s- <laughs> they're about the same age. And then I jumped in. I was like, yo, stop shouting at this guy. He's a grown man, much like you. He's like, this has nothing to do with you. I was like, stop. The only reason why you can shout at him is because you are more entitled than he is. Yeah. He can't say anything to you. He works here. What's, what's he going to do? Fight back? He doesn't have the prowess to fight back with you. I, however, have yeah. a car and the prowess. Let us go. <laughs> oh, my God. Then he's just like, oh, it's got nothing to do with me. I'm like, no, now I've made it something to do with me because oh I gosh. don't like the way you're speaking to this person. That's amazing. Oh yeah, I I love tackling it head on. It's one of my favorite things to do. Find Have you ever gotten in a like actual fight? Um, luckily enough, through my like twenty nine years are of like existence, pussies. yeah, they are. Once you confront them, it's just like an ego it's better than you. The, see, they joke about it now when they go like, "Oh, it's the you guys are playing the race card." Yeah, it's like a legit card over here. Like for yeah. us, it's like it's, the, it's like it's not a card; it's the context of the game. Yeah, it's like you need to come and play with us in this world. That's so funny. It's like I, I love it. I love it. I t- there are these guys on Twitter that do like this racist podcast uh, all the time. And really, yeah, and man, they they really, really don't like black people. Um, Where is this podcast based? 
It's you know? a slapping based podcast. Fuck them. Yeah, no, proper. <laughs> and I just told them to shreds on Twitter one day. I was just like, yo. Good. I was like, I'm ready for it. But like, I get ready for it. When I see something racist, oh, I get, my, my like body excited. gets happy. You're and like, I'm, like, I'm like, because I get myself, I'm like, these are the moments where you just like, if you don't, where racism survives in small pockets of people in their own private lives and sometimes it escapes into a public space. And you have to shut it and down. And you have to shut it down. That's but, great for, I mean... And the more that you you stop it, the more that people recognize because even their private spaces become more and more public because your children... So, you're like, you have a white supremacist, right? You have a, ch- a child in South Africa. And eventually, at some point, that child is going to have a person of color as a friend. Yeah, and at some point, these people are going to be in their private houses, whether they're playing PlayStation together at a bride together, which is like a barbecue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, it's like at some point they're going to drop something that could be racist, and, and like so, just it, that's how it tapers out. I mean, in Cape Town, I had the most. I, Cape Town is the most racist place for me, by the way. I, really? Oh man, Cape Town is the most. Did you when you're there? Did you go to Kailisha? No. Guguletu? No, I didn't go anywhere. Exactly. These are the places that Cape Town hide from, like. The European-centric to? view. Nah, you're I safe. I mean, I just... Cr- that you, might, you know what my problem in, I guess... I don't know if it's necessarily with confronting racism or just trying to deal with it in a way that can be productive is that... And I mean, this is just such a bullshit mm. thing to say, especially as like, oh, poor white lady. But I am like an empath to the point... Like crying in a museum. It's like yeah. anytime there's any type of issue, I'm so overcome by sadness yeah. that I can't seem to get myself to That's move fair. past that into action. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, obviously like I want to do something. Where do I go from yeah. here? But I'm like, oh! Did I'm they like make you walk crippled. into like the different rooms? Uh, like the whites on only the side, entrance? Yeah, yeah, I was on... I was. I think I was on the non-white side. Okay. Uh, oh, so you don't even have the the full, full experience, doggity dog. Oh, yeah. Is yeah. it? Yeah, bro, we had different entrances. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't, apartheid was a very systematic oh, yeah, thing. In the museum, they did different entrances. Yeah, yeah. I was in the non-white museum. Yeah, okay. Non-white yeah. entrance. Okay, you see. Ah, you're living. Yeah. You're living. No, it's, 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 t- it's, like, it's a tough thing. I, I get so surprised when, like, like, I'm 29, right? But there are people my age, maybe just a bit younger, the way we just, we don't even account for the history of apartheid. Mm. Like, we don't. It's just Because uh, you didn't, you don't really remember. Yeah, we don't really, yeah. It's not really, uh, we don't have a concise memory about it do you think maybe that's a good thing though because it's helped with making I don't like know. unifying people moving forward instead of there being a bunch of tension I don't think we ever addressed the tension though I think in the Just 90s swept it under in the, the rug. yeah in the 90s we had a thing called the truth and reconciliation committee oh yeah which I think was more of a show to say hey guys we are dealing with it but I don't think we ever dealt with it we just went like see it's fine yeah I think uh, we we fast tracked our uh, our democracy and our rainbow nationness. And I don't know if it was the correct thing. Cause like yeah, I do said, you think you people are still holding on to a lot of stuff? Yeah, man. I know. Like my Okay, my friend is an Afrikaans guy, right? The guys Ooh. who are the architects of apartheid. And he's a very liberal human being like, yeah. and lovely human. His brother, on the other hand, is not as open-minded as he is. So the one night we're coming back from a wedding, his brother's driving us, and his brother drops the infamous K-word. Which is oh. yeah, which is like the N word, but yeah, we worse. talked about this on the last podcast. Yeah. People just don't say it. Guys, at all. I'm so sorry, but I just saw Kogi Falco, and yeah, he's Kogi one of my Falco's heroes. <laughs> he's one of my absolute heroes. Kogi Falco, I'll come speak to you directly after this podcast. I'm such a, I love you I'm so much. I'm gonna try to harass you into doing a podcast, so don't let him talk to you too long. You have to run so, away. So, so like his brother <laughs> drops the K word, like That's, on the drive which home, which is insane. In, absolutely insane. Literally, no one says it. And in that moment. I looked at my friend Jan to see what he was going to do to his brother and he did the best thing which actually like I said South Africans are hopeful which made me go oh my gosh we are going to change the nation yeah. he told his brother to pull the car over he looked at me and said will you excuse me and my brother for one second he, ju- he said can you come outside the car in Afrikaans they spoke outside the car in Afrikaans for maybe a good five, six, seven minutes yeah. you know? but Jan was saying a lot more I could see from the actions and then he comes back into the car and his brother looks at me and apologizes for the word he said. He said, I didn't mean to use it like that. It was wrong of me to use it. I oh, don't wow. have a reason for why I used it other than that it was a racist moment. And I apologize for doing that. Oh, he's learning. That's the thing. So uh, you have more of the Yans of the world that are willing to confront their own family. Well, in the I think those spaces. people are so important. It's like this bridge of if you look at a, a white person who does something racist, obviously they're racist. They're 
likely only willing to listen to another white person. So yeah. it's important if you're aware of that as yeah. a white person to step in and be like, hey, because yeah. some people, and not to defend them, but I think some people are genuinely, they don't realize the context yeah. of, oh, it's just, I mean, I had a period in time where I'm like, what happened to sticks and stones, guys? It's like just words. Yeah. Like, and I was like, we just all take out the power of every word. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't realize the context behind like the N word that it was yeah. like, you know, and, and you go, Oh, I mean, and not that I was walking around saying it, but yeah. like you just go, I don't know why. Don't you find it? It's like I always find it like, okay, so you come to South Africa, right? You kind of yeah. know the history of South Africa. You must have heard of Mandela at some point of your life, you know? Uh, yeah. I like, oh, that Morgan Freeman guy? Yeah. How is Mandela portrayed like overseas? Like, did you learn about him in school? Here's the thing. I'm, this is the only thing I can figure and it's probably just being overly nice to the American education yeah. system. When I was in sixth grade, my family moved from Southern Mississippi to Alaska and there were things I relearned and then like, so I, the curriculums were moving at different paces okay. and granted, like if you look up statistics by state, Mississippi yeah. has the worst education system. So there's a chance Maybe That's I you guys are counting two That's wrong. Thing, one Mississippi, <laughs> two Mississippi, three. <laughs> that, that whole education system kind of seems fucked if you're going to do that counting I system. I mean, God, That's a problem. kill us. So you didn't learn about... At all. Wow. At all. Wow. That being said, apartheid was like a 13-page section in our history book. So, and, so, like, you know, and, and that's like such a huge part of your history. Yes, which is why we fight in curriculums now where we're just like, guys, why do we spend so much time learning about World War One and Two? I literally teach me about Steve Biko or Chris Hani. You guys weren't like, even involved in the World Wars, were you? No, not <laughs> like, like not that directly. It's like indirectly. You must oh. remember, you we used to be a British colony girl. We got oh, things true. to do. You know, we oh. are killing life and stuff. Oh yeah, all well, that you had yeah. doing British things. Yeah, we did British things. We had it's, um, tea time and such. The biggest issue now in South Africa is like the land, the land claiming issues. Like because oh, people are like, give back our land. Yeah, like you, th- the way you said it, that's exactly how it's being said every single day. It's like, and plus it's like the ultimate diss to like white people. So like when a white person is like, well, you can't do. When are you giving the land back? Oh, oh. okay, bye. I would like, don't they have any shame? No. <laughs> I would leave. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait. Okay. Yeah, no. But we we barely learned anything about history if it didn't directly involve America. So you didn't know? Like, it was like World clue, War One, World War Two. Any clue of apartheid? No. I think I, I knew about it. I don't even know when I knew about it. I might not have known about it till college. Somebody said there was a Disney movie about apartheid. A Disney movie about apartheid? Where it was like a white girl had a black friend and it took place in South Africa. Uh, and I think, I don't remember the name of it, but I think I remember seeing it and I had no idea. I thought it was just a made up I thing. Would lo- <laughs> I think I said, I'm a big Disney fan, so uh, I, I did like, I've watched Moana about 14 times. Oh, uh, yeah. this was not an animated. It was one of the like Disney channel, Oh, uh, like only oh, yeah, on the have, channel. Yeah, you guys have Disney channels and stuff. We had a, we have a Disney channel. It's nothing like yours though. Your no. one seems to have like amazing content. We just had um, what's the name Miley Cyrus Miley for like Cyrus. We had that for a long time. A, w- a day. Oh and man! Then just adverts of Mickey Mouse going hey. Hey kids! <laughs> <laughs> That's literally. I went to Disney World once. It was the greatest experience of my life. Oh, I mean, I absolutely love Disney World. I want to go again. Like I, I went when I was fifteen. Ah. Uh. And I, it's Jesus. I cannot tell you. I remember because you must understand how weird it is for my mom and dad, right? My mom and dad uh, have taken their children to Disney World, and Disney World is a place where kids can thrive with the suspension of disbelief. Yes. And now I come out of the bathrooms one day, right? And as I was <laughs> drinking water, there's like there's chipmunks speaking to me as the water goes down into like the hole. And I was like, hi. And they're like, oh, you're drowning me. And I was like, what is this? So I run out. I go tell my dad first because, like, so my best funny. friend. I'm like, yo, there's something that's speaking to me in the bathroom. So my father's like, is this somebody trying to speak to you? And I was like, no, not somebody. Something inside. You were, like, the, so into it. Yeah. So my dad is like, shut up. You know, you're like a kid. I was like, dad, come. He's like, no, boy, there's nothing. He's like, stop playing around. My father eventually goes to the bathroom, right? Yeah. Guy comes back. He's like, oh my God. Face is white. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, yo, you're right. Something is talking inside the bathroom. He couldn't believe it. He was more like, there was a talking trash can that would literally speak my name. When he goes, what's your name? And he goes, Simi. And he goes, hi, Simi. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's a talking trash can. And I lost my mind at Disney World. I've never been in a place full of so much love and fakeness that I just believed. Oh, I loved it. I I brought those big uh, Mickey um, slippers. So I was like, yeah. I was like, 
It's a small world after all. It is a small world after all. It is a great place to <laughs> and be. And then you go on that ride and you're like, oh, look at these racist depictions yeah, of yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, you know, at that moment in time, I wasn't this racism warrior that I am now. You know, I was a 14-year-old kid. Just like, yeah. Baptized in the love of Mickey Mouse <laughs> and Goofy. Baptized in Splash Mountain. <laughs> oh, Splash Mountain was great. Oh, the best. Another great thing. And then uh, we did, um, this, is, uh, this is the reason why I'm scared of heights, uh, the Tower of Terror. Oh, like I never go. I've done it. I will never do it again. Um, no one said there was a drop in there. It's like a bungee jump, but sitting down. And you I was. You didn't know that? Dog, you must understand. Maybe that's better. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, well, that's. Or were I would my I, if I didn't know it was going to drop, I might have shit my my pants. my mom and dad when they I think they just thought it was another ride. You know, because we're just going from ride to ride. I yeah. mean, like, because I mean, like, that's what it's about. So, like, we'll take this elevator up to the ride. Yeah, and it's like a storyline. So my dad's like, "Ooh, this is like Hotel California." That song. I'm like, it is like a. <laughs> oh, mother! <laughs> that's literally what I was like. I've I've hated heights ever since. I couldn't oh, deal with it. I've never uh, been into heights. I couldn't heights. deal with it. And that's what I was learning about different foods. Like, I thought those turkey legs. I literally thought they were chicken legs. I was like, how did oh. they get it so big? Oh, yeah, turkeys do have big legs. No one talks about how thick their thighs are. Yeah, yeah I, I, thick old turkey legs. I think I tasted turkey for the first time that like there. Really? What do you think of it? Were you like meh? Our bra is better. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I was. I don't think I was a turkey connoisseur. I'll tell you yeah. that. Did you do Epcot? Oh, love Epcot. So you go to like all the countries. Do you remember yeah. Figment the Dragon? Did you see him? No, Never I don't mind. Think I it's something I saw when I was a little kid, and I think it's gone. His name is Figment like, the Dragon. He's like a little purple dragon. There's some sort of like animated ride you go on, but. Whatever he's. Oh man! They probably got rid of it. No, probably it's probably still there. It's probably just people don't go to it, bro. Yeah, because they're like this ride's for losers. And then I remember that we didn't go to the Animal Kingdom because my dad's like, "Yo, we come." Yeah, okay? we came from. Yeah, the we came kingdom. from. The, we we're not paying good money to see things we can see at the Pretoria Zoo. Like, <laughs> chill, please. That's fair. Yeah, and then I went to Universal Studios, and then I fell in Did love they with have, um, um, Butterfingers. Butterfingers. Yeah, it's like the candy. Ch- yeah. You were going to explain it to me. I know what they are. Have you have you never had them before? No. Nah. They don't have those here. Yeah, no. <gasps> I didn't yeah. know that. I would have brought you Butterfingers. I didn't even know you. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to send you Butterfingers Wait, in the mail. What, a, what like a, pre-co- a preconceived notion. If you came with Butterfingers, it'd be like, I, I knew I needed bearing Butterfingers. Next time I come, I'll bring them. Oh, I can't wait. Are you going to come next time, though? Uh, are, you, are you definitely... Do you love South Africa? I love it. I want to come back. I want to figure out a way to like tour the world and do like a chunk of time in the UK. Yeah. And then go down here for a couple of weeks and then bounce over if to If you Australia. figure out that way, can you holler at me as well? Yeah. So I can... Try to figure out like just how to yeah. tour the world and it's stay like, in places for like a month at a time. It's so weird because out of the three weeks that you've been here... I've spent lots of time with you in those three weeks, you know, yeah. and not once have you seen me perform. No, <laughs> I know. Like, I, like, I mean, well, I could see you perform and be like, I can't believe I spent so much time with this unfunny yeah. piece of crap. <laughs> 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 like, oh, no. It's like, you, you have interviewed one of the least working comedians at this moment in time. It's like, <sighs> I choose to sit and Only smoke hookah pipe. <laughs> yeah. Sit and smoke hookah pipe at the smoking room of a comedy club. Yeah, you're like that... Uh, that big fat caterpillar, you know, fat Addison, or anything, yeah, thank in you. Alice in Wonderland, <laughs> yeah. though, of that comedy club. You're just in there, like, spitting wisdom with your hookah. Uh, like. You know, all the time. That is, that's <laughs> the one thing I do enjoy. The, I, you see, I think it, I think what, like, if there's one thing I, could, I want as my vibe throughout life is that I, I love my craft a lot. Yeah. And I'm such a nerd when it comes to my craft. And I research my craft and I look at different people and their views. And I love having opinions on my craft. Yeah, and, and I don't think enough African comedians have that. So, I mean, I feel opinions? a lot of African comedians. You don't think they like, like constructively examine? No, I think do. a lot of comedians just like, they just go with the flow almost. Yeah, they're not really fully doing the work. Yeah, and I'm just like, and sometimes the work doesn't pay off for like a long time. Sometimes it's like you go through a, a big patch, like a patch that I'm in. Where yeah, I'm just you have like, to go through a garbage patch of like, especially if you're working on a deep bit. Yeah. Of like almost bombing constantly. Yeah. To get to the good stuff. Yeah. So I'm just like. I know that I'll, when I break through it, then it'll be perfect and yeah. stuff like that. As long as you know that and you just keep working. Yeah. Yeah. I'm about to go into like, there's a concept thing I'm working on and I want to like, I know it's going to be like a year of probably bombing trying to work out the kinks. That's. Which like. <sighs> See, you know what I feel is different though, is that you'll have a year of gigs. Yeah. To work out the kinks. Well, here there's only so much stage time. There's only too. so much stage yeah. time you can get. But as in well. LA, they're like, don't, oh, do your best stuff. You never know who's watching. But I've been on the road a lot, so it's been helpful. Yeah. Uh, so I always treat it differently. No one is ever watching. Hmm? No one. No one ever watches. Yeah. Or that's that's how, that's just how I've always felt. Oh, I always treated it like that too. And then I emailed an agent to come he's to like, some show. He's like, I shows. saw you in your yes. shit. Yes, he's like, I was in the back <laughs> of the room last night. And I was like, oh, the show I came, like I had come direct from 
Korea, like 18-hour flight from the airport to the show. Yeah. I was working out new material, and like I didn't care. It was a bar yeah. show. Didn't even see him there. And then I was like, yeah. and he's like, keep getting up. And I was like, I can't wait. Till I'm famous. Till you slap. And I'm going to. Face. I'm just gonna like have a meeting with you and be like, keep doing what you're yeah, doing. Keep getting up. Yeah. <laughs> in the morning Fuck. for your nine to five. Yeah. Till I sleep in. That's God. exactly. No, I think that's my. the main reason why I did comedy in the end. It was just to sleep in. Uh, I mean, I still don't sleep in. I still beat myself up if I'm oh, like... It's tough being busy, hey? It's so... I mean, so, so, yeah, I can't it's complain. It's so stressful being Jessica. Well, no, even if I don't have like an actual thing, I'm like, I got to get up. I got to like... Yeah. It's like I just don't let myself relax. It's like... Oh, it's been weird here trying to just be like, I should just chill. Can I ask the question, uh, American sports question? I can't guarantee I'll know the answer, but sure. How come you guys don't appreciate and love the greatest sport of all time, cricket? Oh. Huh. You mean poor people baseball? You shut the fuck up. You need to get the fuck out of South Africa. Right? You need no, to no. calm down, Indian <laughs> South African man. You I, are Indian. You lie. No, I hate you. I hate you. I love cricket. Cricket. If I wasn't Muslim, I'd believe in cricket as a religion. As a religion, I don't understand yeah. cricket. I've seen it a couple times on TV here, and I was like, this looks like a bunch of people didn't have materials, and they don't understand that you have to like throw the ball all the way to the mound or to the. Oh, funny. To the home, and they're just like, oh, it looks like a bunch of people were trying to like someone briefly explain baseball to them without showing them and they're like we can do that i think baseball is more like they watch cricket and going these guys have messed it up we're gonna make it better yeah. trust me on this one tighter pants <laughs> less yeah. balls on the ground yeah everybody gets a chance to bat numerous times yeah we don't there's not even like to my knowledge there's not even really recreational cricket like jeez there are sports that like are more pot i mean not more like curling I don't know about that. Lacrosse oh. is like a weird. I still think that's a like white yeah, person thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't. I mean, they we don't even call football ones. right. Yeah, I mean, soccer. So and right. nobody appreciates that, and I love it. Really? Yeah. Do LA? Yeah, the LA LA do have a team. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, I should actually just look into getting season tickets. But I'm gone so much. I'm sure they're cheap though, because nobody gives a shit. Yeah, it's like uh, we a uh, soccer over here in South Africa, dirt cheap. Another dirt. Really? Yeah, it's like forty bucks to watch a local game. Oh, I thought people liked it here. Yeah, we do. It's just like we don't. Uh, after the World Cup, everybody thought like they're going to love uh, soccer and, uh, and football like, and stuff. Nah. And then we look at the quality of ours, and it's like, oh shit, this is nothing like Ronaldo and Messi. These <laughs> are not charge those prices. You're ever. Like, no, we're not paying for this. <laughs> yeah, let, uh, I like people sneaking booze into our stadiums like they hide it in cabbages and bread. Isn't it? <laughs> Don't wait. People can bring in cabbages and bread. Yeah, that's yeah. not suspect. That's like just a loaf of yeah. bread. Yeah, but it's weird because like it's not like it's not known. Like we all know that there's a gin bottle hidden inside that loaf of bread. That's <laughs> like, the funny. This is my lunch. <laughs> we just like strap it to our thighs or yeah. whatever. But like, oh wow, you guys, you guys go far for the strapping. Oh bro, let me tell you over here. So every single concert I've been to, I've never paid for Golden Circle. I've always snuck my way in. What is in Golden fact, Circle? Uh, Golden Circle, oh, sorry, when you have a concert, right? so when like Justin Bieber comes oh, down, yeah, right? yeah. they have like a VVIP area, which oh. is Golden Circle, which oh. is right up close to the stage. Then behind them is like general access. Oh, so and behind you just walk that is just like, yeah. But like I have, like even on Sunday, I went to a, a concert that I was here at one of these dams over here in Joburg. And I literally snuck into the VIP area. I literally made someone take off their band and I put my hand through the band and I walked in. That's amazing. And like, that is, I think that's what makes South Africa, like I said, hopeful because we know we can find a way. We can find a yeah, way to make it better. You can always find a way. Meanwhile, find a way I'm, to make it better. I'm like afraid of that. It's like, I'm, I'll be fine. I'm not going to get in that much trouble, but I'm, like, I'm going to get in trouble with everything. Oh, yeah, you see, that's, that's, a little bit, that's, that's whiteness. Yeah, that's whiteness. It's like whiteness, the guilt. Yeah, whiteness worries about the the repercussions. The rules. Yeah, repercussions. Don't cross the street. The lights not changed. Yeah, oh, yeah. There could be no cars coming, and I'm standing there like a jackass. Like I don't want to get a ticket. <laughs> like, uh. I still people people were commenting on the podcast I did with you uh, for my for my show, and oh. they couldn't believe that there was a white girl being an Uber driver. It's like they were <laughs> <laughs> just like what world is I she did coming it. from? I did it. I said it to a couple Uber drivers here. I was like, I used to do this, and they were like, No. No. <laughs> it's like, so what rating did you leave I was leave just with? trying to, like, be relatable or did something. Did you have a good rating? Well, I had a good rating. I just, like, quit because I didn't need it anymore. And How much money like, could you make from that? Uh, I don't know. I never put in that much effort. You can make a lot. You can make a couple grand if you're, like, doing it full time. But I did it just enough to, like, cover my ass when I wasn't Jeez. making enough. Jeez. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, I have another question. Okay, Please. So being Muslim in South Africa, yeah. is there, are people generally just cool with Muslims? There's not like this underlying like prejudice that it feels like there is in America? Um, 
I don't think we have the same prejudice that like the Americans would have. You know, yeah. so I don't think you're ever going to get that. Um, and to be clear, I don't mean all Americans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that like yeah, image and yeah. that? But like we over here, we were also people of the struggle. So like yeah. there are lots of Muslim people that were involved. So like you're here for Amr Kathrada. He was a big uh, political stalwart. He died, right? Oh, yeah. He's like Nelson Mandela's best friend. Oh, yeah. So, like, Nelson Mandela spent 27 years in prison. Kathrada spent 26 years in prison, you know? Oh. So, they've always been friends. So, like, when you have stuff like that, like, the community is based around that. Like, we've had, there's Dr. Mozi Mullah, another Muslim person involved in the ANC, you know, Qadr Asmal. There's various people. Okay. So, I don't think we have that stigma as much as the oh, Muslim are terrorists. Yeah. It's like, there, I think there are other stigmas. I yeah. Mean, I is there a Hindu community here? Do you, yeah, they are. How do you feel about Hindu people? Fine. I mean, I don't. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't. I think what you learn from reading or just like being human is that that's what you are. The, the end people of the are people. You know, people are like literally people. So, like, you look at like, I've had I've had Hindu friends because I grew up in Durban. That's where all the Hindus were. Like, and I, your just, parents are fine with Hindu people. Yeah, they're fine. They're I know Hindu. I'm perpetuating stereotypes. Yeah, so. I know, but like, no, there, there, are, there are people in my community who like, if a Muslim girl had to bring home a Hindu guy. They wouldn't be happy about it. My Muslim neighbors were upset that I was dating a Hindu guy. And I was like, wow. we're neighbors. <laughs> yeah. They're like, but they weren't like rude about it, but they're like, mm, he's not the one yeah, for you. I always, I always find you it so weird. You're not Hindu. Yeah, I always know? find it so weird when they, like, when they, when people make like assumptions like that. I'm just like, yo, first of all, love, I don't think love has any like religious base. Religion, no, yeah. no. I think and like, and clearly your child that is going after someone clearly realized that as well it's only you with these like right concepts, I just, I just these thought concepts. it was so funny I was like oh I can't believe like do you, is, do you guys live on top of each other like in LA is like there's a lot of people there um yeah it's uh how many people it's not are like in? New York oh. but it, it's a it's, it's actually I feel like it's built a lot like Joburg is LA a city in a province in a state it's in a state what's the state called California California no time to party California yeah. No time to party in the California. city. California. The city of knows song how shouting. to party. Oh, sorry, Doc. We, we only got that song two years I ago. Think. Really? No. Oh, I was like, oh, <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, but this it's not it's not difficult being Muslim. It's the people that make Muslims be, uh, be, make themselves difficult and then just brand it as Muslim. I live a very good life. That's great. Like you don't see me complaining at all unless I'm in a comedy club and hear a shit joke. Yeah, I I feel like. I mean, I feel like this, the same applies mostly for all of the Muslims I know back home, but there is now this, like, fear yeah. of what's to come because people are worried about... Yeah, I'm, I told you I'm, I'm Muslim for Trump. That's, that's, that's my slogan. I'm sorry, what? Muslim for Trump. There's only one of me, so I'm assuming I'm the only one. Why? Wait, why? What Niche is markets. If I can find... If, I mean, if I can somehow meet a couple of people that know uh, our Supreme Leader Donald... And it'd be like, yo, just show him what my CV and be like, yo, I can work with you, you know? I'll, whatever you want me to say about the stereotype, but can you hook me up with some gigs, though? <laughs> <laughs> no one would come to those. Uh, it doesn't matter. I, I'm not gonna, and when I go to the gig, I'm not talking about like, I'm not, I'm not saying give me a stadium. I'm <laughs> saying like, yo, can you put me on like at the comedy store or the cellar? Can you find someone over there oh, and give me no, a spot? he can't. You can't? Donald Trump? He's the president, Doc. No. Uh, we would close down the comedy store before we let Donald Trump put someone up. You should do uh, a one-man show called Simi Araf, one of the good ones. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what the rednecks who came up to see. He's one of the good ones. Why can't, why can't the rest of these Muslims be, it's, it's my dream to just be more like, see me? <laughs> see me. I, I, really, I, really to, I really want to tour America. I really, really do. Like it's, there's nothing. Is that your big dream? I don't think it's one of... Yeah? What are your goals? What do you want to do? So I definitely want to leave South Africa. Yeah? Where do you want to go first? Do you think you know? UK. Yeah, yeah? definitely want to okay. go to UK. I, I enjoy the... It's much more of a storytelling vibe over there. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I shouldn't I'd, go there. <laughs> no, it's just like I enjoy... Like there's a guy I love called Daniel Kitson. He's just a, the oh, best yeah. storyteller for me. So I, I want to do that. And then I want to go overseas because when like I watch like other American comics that I think they're at my level or, or I think I'm better and I see that they... They just have opportunity, and I think that's what the Africa lacks compared well, to. Well, because there's just only so much you can do. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like... I, I literally feel like you, in your three weeks here, you did every single South African gig. I mean, I did a lot of them. I really do feel like, and I don't know, tell me if I'm out of line, but I feel like if I could have taken a little bit more time to like really like 
but or maybe just put in more effort to develop my audience like i don't know had done an email list or something mm. i feel like it wouldn't be much longer for me to go like this is the top uh, I think you already got it. That's what, that's what I was telling you on my podcast. The ceiling over here in South Africa is much easier to hit than it is overseas. There's Which? No, there's no Netflix special coming to you from Johannesburg. Yeah. There's no, like, album. Like I said, remember? It's like you have a comedy album out. There's but no the comedy, comedy album. The thing about comedy albums, though, is if you get the equipment, yeah. you can do it yourself. Yeah, I'm doing it myself. Yeah, you since are? I, yeah, since I spoke to you, yeah? I've already recorded, like, 20 minutes. Oh, that's great. Yeah. which that's is amazing. Which is, like, for me, I was just like, wow, this is... Because like no one does it, so you hit the ceiling. So you do the club gigs, then you do a one man show, and then and then what? You just keep doing one man shows. You see? Yeah. So you hit that ceiling so quick. So I guess the good thing is, is I th- I feel like with audiences here in that like lack of competition, I think where you suffer is that it doesn't force you to have to develop your material quite as deeply. Yeah. Or as far as like, you don't have to get deeper. Yeah. Because comedy's so new here, but also. It gives you an experience in audiences you wouldn't like in America. People aren't just suddenly doing huge theaters, so yeah. you get a confidence that yeah. uh, you maybe wouldn't get right away. Yeah, somewhere which so there's pros and cons to everything. What do you think, just as an, as an outsider coming to our scene? Uh, what do you what do you just think of our scene in general? Uh, um, I think it's a pro and a con, though. Oh, uh, pro and con. Pro, I think, would be that it seems very supportive of good comedy at least yeah. in the in the uh, aspect of as far as what's available that sounds so shitty uh no it would right seems like though. a kind of place that like if you are funny people give you people are like this person's funny i want to help them like mm-hmm. your peers are helpful whereas like in la people don't want someone better than them to be around or like they don't care if you're funny and they care they care more if you can help their career or do you mm. have a show or uh what are your credits yeah. and then you could go up and eat shit but they're like but they did this one late night show yeah um so i think you guys really embrace comedy well and it seems very supportive like yeah it and it's hard to tell because i've been sort of inside the festival which is a little bit of a different vibe but it seems like when one person's doing well people really rally around that person and are excited for them do yeah is that a I think it's a fair assessment. I think that's also part of the problem. Because you're like, they're not necessarily great, but we're rallying around them? That's one thing I do believe in. Uh, I do believe that we... Um, well, because we, it's like we you... Celebrate, we celebrate guys over here. Mediocrity? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We celebrate mediocrity and we'll support mediocrity. And just, just because of sillier opportunities that they get. And we don't look at it in a gestalt view. We don't go like, wow, okay, this is where's this person going with their career? So if a guy does just South African jokes, really, really good, really, really funny, it's yeah. great to rally around him, but you know that this guy will never make an impact anywhere, anywhere else. else. But also maybe that's not what he wants. Yeah, maybe not his wants, but you have to look at it from how do we make the industry get bigger? And I feel that's our biggest problem. We don't... There's two... First of all, not everybody with a microphone deserves to be a fucking comedian here. Oh, it's yeah. Like, no, I mean, that's that's everywhere you go. You're going to run into people like yeah. that in every scene. But I'm just like, they seem to be at every single gig, though. That's the problem. So it's not, it's not like... Well, I guess that's a con of a supportive scene, is that it's like, maybe you can be too supportive. Yeah. I do feel like the bubble's going to pop. I feel like a year from now, when you, we do meet somewhere along the line of life, I'm literally going to be like, told you so. And you'll be like, fuck you, Sammy, damn it, man. It's not meant to be like that. It's meant to be a supportive scene. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's... And, you know, it's still... It feels like it's so relatively new that eventually... Yeah, it is. It's only... You must understand, comedy only exists in a democracy. And we've only had 23 years of democracy. Yeah. Well, and it's like... Comedy doesn't have to be that complicated when it's new. Because, like... Yeah. People aren't... Like, the things that, like... In America, we'd go, this is hack. I've seen it a million times. People haven't seen it here. Yeah. You know, you can go like, yeah, oh, I, yeah. as a comedian who yeah. Yeah. watches yeah. a lot of comedy, have heard it. Here, I haven't realized but for them, hack. it's new. So yeah. it's like, yeah. but once, the, I think once the audience here really develops and you yeah. start getting people who are yeah. really comedy savvy and then yeah. like, because every club I went to, they'd be like, who's been here before? There was never that many people. To, who's new? So once yeah. you get these like returning people more and more, it's going to, their demand they're going to raise their expectations yeah. which is going to that's why, but that's why kind I of cut leave, out the though. people who don't yeah. that's the, one of the main it's one of the main reasons I want to leave yeah because you want to get ahead now yeah as far as like your material and development yeah and I that feel like sense. I feel like because if you look at Koki Falco as a perfect example Koki left yeah Koki left and if you ever interview Koki you ask him why he left so I can find out the answer as well uh, no. yeah. now I have to find out if I can podcast with him before I go 
Uh-huh. <laughs> Other than that, uh, I've uh, had a good time. I'm going to miss you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not like kicking you off. I'm going to miss you. Yeah. Do you have any um, final thoughts, maybe addressing anything that you think people might think about South Africa in general, South African Muslims? South Africa is bigger. Like, I'm grateful for like Trevor No because Trevor has shown that there is a place called South Africa, right? But I would love people to know that there's more than just Trevor Noah. Yeah. It would be great for more and more South African comedians to go show and express their talents and their voices around the world. And the only way we can do that is by having opportunities to meet people like yourself. Like So like next time I'm in LA, for some strange reason, let's yeah. say I'm just there for a week and then I go, hi, Jessica, or Jennifer, depends. <laughs> <laughs> um Firstly, can you fetch me because you uh, Uber driver stuff, you know how to get around. But please, can you give me a gig somewhere? Because that's the only way our voice will get heard. But the more yeah. we do that, so the more that the more I get to London and I say, hey, Jessica, I'm in London. I don't know anybody over here. Can you <laughs> can you tell, can you give me someone's name or contact so I can hustle myself? Because that's yeah. the one thing that Africans are very good at. Hustling oh, yeah. onto a lineup is oh, our thing. Oh, for sure. So it's just like, it's those things. So the, the fact is that there's a festival that, is a, that has brought you down here that has met a person like myself and I've met you. Now we've established a connection. It's one of the best parts of festivals. Yeah. If not, I think that might be the best part of festivals. Yeah. So you, you get those connections. I mean, get those connections, you'll hear more South African voices. And I think the world is ready to hear different South African voices. Not every, not all of us come from this like tragic past where like apartheid has affected us, but just in different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my mother's a doctor. My father used to sell cars. Yeah. You know, so it's like we don't come from Soweto, but it doesn't mean that I'm not a funny person with a story to tell. Yeah. You know, so it's like that type of stuff. I love that. <coughs> Thank you. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, Can if you I come to LA, I'll be like, who are you? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> please. I can't wait for that because you're going to be so famous. <laughs> like, mm, well, I think you're going to be big. I don't. Th- I don't think that you won't be big. Oh. Can I, Can I plug my podcast quickly? Yeah, that's just what I was going to do next. Yeah. Is plug anything. Where okay, guys. I know like a lot of people listen to Jessica's podcast, and like when I say a lot, compared to mine, substantially. Um, <laughs> I would just love if you guys can go find my podcast. It's called Lesser Known Somebody's. Lesser Known Somebody's. Yay. Uh, Jessica's on it. If you guys can just kind of share it and like it or, and leave a comment so it gets bumped up in the South African iTunes algorithm. And so I can take that and then I'll go to brands and sponsors and I'll earn money <laughs> from it somehow. That's all I'm really asking. And then you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Samiarif, which is S-I-M-M-I-A-R-E-F-F. And yeah, thank you. I've really enjoyed your company, Jessica. Oh, thank you. I've enjoyed you. And if anyone's still listening, you can do the same with my podcast. For the love of God, will you please leave a comment (laughs) and and rate my damn podcast? I know you're listening. I mean that in the greatest way. Such a problem. Uh, It's it's so hard to get people to do anything, myself included. Um, All right, we're out. And there you have it. Simi Araf and all of his wonderful thoughts on everything. Yay! Go find him. See him. Go listen to his podcast. It's uh, one of the few podcasts that are really going in South Africa right now. So they're trying to get podcasts off the ground. So help him out. Subscribe, rate, review that. Listen to his episodes. I'm on one, so that's fun. Uh, If you haven't listened to that, we had a really great conversation about comedy. So if you're a comedy nerd, please, please, please check that out. Uh, If you like my podcast, please, please subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes if you haven't already. Uh, If you don't like it, I hate you. I don't hate you. You know what? It's learning is hard, and sometimes it's easier to just remain ignorant than uh, listen to people with different views. So I respect that, but also, why the fuck are you still listening to what I'm saying? You're not. Who am I talking to? I need help. Uh, Share the podcast with your friends, because everyone's a little bit ignorant sometimes, and our goal here is obviously to work together to learn things and uh, have some laughs. Uh, I'm trying to figure out if I should put this in education instead of comedy. I don't know where it falls Please feel free to tweet me at JMS Comedy or at the podcast at Blessed Podcast. Let me uh, know what you think. My show's coming up. I am. This weekend, I am in La Jolla, California, over in the San Diego area at the Comedy Store. Uh, I'll be there Friday, Saturday, two shows each night with the hilarious Sean Polofsky. So come see us. Uh, Stephen Randolph is also opening the shows. So he he's also so funny. It's going to be a great lineup, great time. I will be up in the Bay-ish area next weekend. I'm going to Santa Cruz on uh, Thursday the 27th. I will be at a place called Blue Lagoon. I'm at an art house on the 28th uh, of April. That's next Friday. And then 
there's a new joke show called Brave New Jokes. It's not a new show. It's a show where people do new material in San Francisco Saturday. So uh, just doing a short set on that. But uh, I know I've had a lot of people asking when I'm coming to San Francisco. So for now, uh, that's when you can see me next Saturday at Adobe Books. Uh, 3130 24th Street. That is Saturday at 7 p.m. Next Saturday, the 29th. Uh, yeah, so that's that. If you have any additional questions uh, about the guest I had today or any guests or you have topics you'd like to suggest, throw them my way, either on Twitter, at JMS Comedy, or, uh, or, you know, tweet at the podcast itself. And please, please keep in mind always that no guest is or claims to be a representative for every person who has a similar identity. They're just one person sharing their own experience and helping us uh, get a peek at how things look from their situated position in the world. So, uh, yeah, keep listening, keep sharing. Please get those reviews and ratings in. Uh, it really helps me out, helps uh, get the podcast out to some people who maybe wouldn't have seen it before. Share it with your friends. Uh, and, uh, you know, just keep living and learning and laughing at the risk of sounding like a doormat. Uh, the more we ask, the more we learn, the more we know. And the more we know, the more we can look down on others who aren't as smart as we are. And isn't that the point? Thank you for listening, and thank you for being patient with my ignorance. See you soon, idiots! say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.